Sina Production. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to One on One with Deuces, brought to you by Geek Set. And this is the show where I speak with the creators, curators, culture pushers, and people you should know. And right now, man, I am speaking with a very, very, very special guest, man. Somebody that I truly um, respect the grind, respect the hustle, became a fan over the years, man. We're speaking with John, and now is it Ely or Ellie? I want to John Ellie. John Ellie. Because I heard two, I heard two pronunciations of it. But John yeah. Ellie, man, you might have recognize them from Insecure, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's Issa Rae's brother, you know, and it's like, just, you know, just in general, like he's, uh, um, the Netflix show that, you, um, that you, that you write on. So, man, what's going on? How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm overwhelmed by the response on them all this season. Uh, yeah. so the whole response of everybody, how they feel seen or how people are talking or, uh, how people responded to me being a heterosexual heterosexual men playing what they call a gay black man like mm-hmm. all these responses the love the critiques the um everything is like very overwhelming and exciting because i knew what i was getting i knew what i got myself into when right. when, the, when i took on when i decided to audition and take on the role and when they finally picked me to do the role so it's exciting that it's like i'm learning so much i'm seeing the love i i it's it's a lot. It's a lot, um, and I'm enjoying every bit of it. Yeah, like. Yeah. But what's dope about the the role in general? And you know, you brought it up being you being a heterosexual man playing a, a gay man on the show. Um, one of the things that um, I appreciated, like just even just looking into it, is that the the research and the respect that you did because you took the role and you came at the approach of you want to make sure that the representation is done right. And so you had some people yeah. that you can pull off of. And yeah, I had some people that I could pull off of, people I could like I could I could research and look into because reputation is so important. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I presented a person before anything. Right. because uh, Amal is a person before anything. Um and that's also like you I didn't want to harp too much on what his sexual preference is. It was more about who this person yeah. is and what he represents and and what he talks about and his experiences he's been through and some of these experiences that he's been through i haven't been able to feel myself so i lean on people to explain explain stuff like that and talk to me about what's going on in that world and ask questions you know yeah and what's dope even too is because like the respect level because even when you hear you talk about the people that you that you um that you pull from which was um a, a, a roommate of yours and uh his partner and like mm-hmm. even the respect of you saying like, hey, you know, even outside of just me doing my research, like this is this is a friend, and I actually love their relationship to the point where like you were saying that like if, when you have your relationship, you want your relationship to have that much love there. And I think yeah, that, that no, is see, see that room that roommate is not that wasn't the roommate I live with. That's a that's my buddy. That's my oh, homie. That's buddy. Okay, that's my homie. Like his relationship is so dope. Like yeah, like I, I remember they they have the dopest relationship. Period. Yeah. Uh but. Like the, there was like I had like roommates before when I first moved to LA, mm-hmm. like like talking to them while we lived in the same house together. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's yeah. also he's also had input on everything and mm-hmm. and let me know that like how serious it is and what I'm doing 
I'm what I'm doing and that I can't. And also, I know he'll, he's real. He'll, he'll, he'll come from my head if yeah. I'm fucking up. You know what I'm saying? So. But that's, that's, what, that's what good friends are supposed to do and shit. Like, you're supposed to have the friends that can check you like, hey, fam, this, this is not it and everything. So, like, that's really dope. But it's like you took away, like, it wasn't just, like you said, their sexual preference wasn't what made them. Like, you looked them at, like, as, as just people, as you should. As you everybody right. should. Yeah. I think it's homophobics that make it, that make it hard, yeah. make it hard for black gay men to move around in this world. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the thing that we should be, we're combating, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm working on combating against, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, even within, no, like, no. friends, within friend groups, within my parents being first, being first generation, like, I'm, it's about moving away from the homophobic stereotypes of yeah. what, what it means to be a black gay man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And like I said, you, you, you're, you're doing it well, because like, I do see the love, I do see the fans, you know, praising you for that representation, because it's not like you're making a mockery of it, you're not, it's not like you're not taking it serious or anything, like, you know, you take it serious. Like, even to the point where you said, like, even, like, when people think about people doing research, like, oh yeah, they probably just talked to a few people, but you actually had, like, a notepad, you was writing it down, you was having it, you know, saying the kind of reference back, and like, to me, that's a sign of somebody taking it serious, that's saying, like, look, I'm going to be doing this role and I want to make sure that all, you know, I, I, I cross all T's, dot all I's and I want to make sure that I'm doing you guys justice. And that is like a true, true marksmanship of your, of your craft. That's like you saying, taking that craft serious, man. Yeah. And, I, and also I'm still learning. I'm still learning and growing, still learning and growing and understanding the culture too. So like, that's also a part of it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, and I want to make sure that people know that like, I'm not looking at it as the, at my way is the right way. It's, it's my version. It's my version of it, and I'm still learning and still growing, and still people are like letting me know what what's what, you know? Yeah. So that's very important to me. Um, the dialogue that's been sparking around lately is very important to me. Um, all that, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, and I think it also helps with the vehicle that you're on. Like, insecure right now is so important to the culture. Like, it's on the pulse of the culture, man. man. It's, it's and it's, cool. it's touching so many aspects. So, like, you play a you play a very, very critical role because that is an aspect of the culture that needs to be, you know, highlighted, addressed, talked about. And I think that, like, that that show was the perfect platform for this. Yeah, 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 man. Like, I enjoy it, man. I, I enjoy, I'm having a good time, bro. I'm yeah. having oh, a really and I And I can tell because, you know, also just like just like looking into some of the interviews he did and it's like it's, ta- it's changing a lot of the stereotypes of a black man in general, right? Because, you, like you said, you are a heterosexual black man playing a gay role, which some, some black people would, you know, probably would shy away from. But then you also... Yeah, immature, and, they, and most of the time, the reason why they're shying away from is because they're homophobic. Yeah. So it's like, so... People are nervous about that. But like to get back to it, man, it's like I'm an actor, so I want to challenge myself as an individual. And I also want to understand what's going on and what's what's out there in the world and and not shy away from stuff like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm also we're we're growing people. So we're also growing and learning and becoming more aware of the people around us in our circles and everything like that. Yep. And then, like I said, like just in the same realm of just changing the stereotype of a black man and stuff like that, you talked about like um, on, your, on your spare time, you like you do a lot of thrill seeking because you said that you went skydiving. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The fact this th- this is how I know that it wasn't all cap either, because like he was like you went jet skiing, like you, and then you said hang gliding, but then you were like hang gliding was whack. And I was like, wait, how? Because one, I, one no. I'm not doing any of them, but still. <laughs> Hang gliding is whack, bro. Uh, it's so whack, bro. Like, 
you literally like the, the excitement part is jumping off the mountain. Like when you yeah. jump off the mountain, it's like, oh shoot. But then you're like in the air for like 15 minutes, just gliding around. You're like, all right, can we do like a flip or something? You're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, so that makes sense because that gives that gives context. You like the like stuff that happened while you're doing it. Not yeah, the, like while I'm having because when you when you skydiving, you're falling. Yeah. And you could you could flip while you're in the air, you could go fast, right. slow down. There's so much stuff that could happen. When you're cliff diving, you're literally like jumping off the mountain and you're like going straight into the water. Like yeah. that whole part is very fun. Um, when you're zip lighting, like if you if you're not jumping for, if you're not going fast enough, you can stop and you have to turn around, you gotta pull yourself across. Yeah. It's just it just makes you so alive. Yeah. It's like there's a there's a live feeling that happens. Um, yeah. awakens that in the moment stuff that happens when you're doing those type of things. Well, now, so I, yeah, so I wonder because then so this gives me to my next question because um, I saw uh, I saw the clip of you and then like you so you got some jump like some gymnastics you can do some flips and stuff like that. And I know that you like you've been right you've been putting it in the in the universe that you ready for Mar that Marvel call. Like I know yeah. that you said you want you said a uh, black voodoo. Brother Voodoo, brother, Bro brother Voodoo. Sorry about the brother Voodoo, and then um, gentle, yeah, gentle, yeah. So like you know, so you it, it goes into like those movies when you think about it. Like there's actors that they don't really necessarily always use the stunt uh, stunt double, like uh, Tom ha uh, Holland. Like he he has uh, he does all his own. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah. Nah, Tom Holland has a stunt double. Well, no, he Tom has a stunt. He has a stunt double, but he does a lot of his own. Cause oh of, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that dude's fire. That dude's yeah. nothing. Like. He's the best Spider-Man. Oh, hands down, bro. Out, hands out of down. all of them. Hands down. Out of all of them, he's the best one. He looks the part. Yeah. He 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 acts like he acts like the Spider-Man that we read in the comics. Like yeah. he's such a lovable guy. Like you, you, he embodies Spider-Man, man. Yeah. Like so good. So, so good. So why so why Brother Voodoo and Gentle? Like, uh, why are those two the ones that are you attracted to? Brother Voodoo's. Uh, represents the Haitian culture, the Haitian and community. That's what I figured. I, I, uh, gentle, gentle is just stories very dark, yeah. uh, and so I like I like his story. I like the fact that he doesn't want to cause problems, um, but things start things start happening in his life mm -hmm. where he has to he has to be get involved. Yeah, uh, and it comes from like years of trauma that his mother put on him. So it's. It's such a dark upbringing character analysis of this person yeah. that I want to explore. You know what I'm saying? Like you can really yeah. explore this character and like why he does what he does and why he got to how he got to where he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, and that's what I was looking into when I was like doing that research because I was like, okay, so brother Voodoo, I can see that because you know you are a Haitian American, um, and so like I can see where that uh, that connection comes from. And I think that that probably would be dope because then it crosses a couple of your uh your your benchmarks that you like to do because I know that you know even with your production company one of the things that you really want to do is you know shed more light on the Haitian community um and then you know uh, I know that you have that um that series that you're working on I don't know that any um if it's been picked up or not but I know that you not yet not yet not yet we're in the works of that that's 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 gonna be fun yeah but I know that that's also the story now is that story loosely based off of yours like yeah. like like based off of you. Yeah, loosely based off of me. Loosely based off of me. Like I'm, I'm taking my story amongst with other people and the other writer that was with me, which is Mike. We're con we're going to be doing a table read on, on Friday for his project, The Architect. Okay. Uh, yeah. So 
we're doing it live on Instagram, and that's gonna be really, really fun. So y'all should tune in on that. Oh, we, I'm definitely uh, gonna tune in. And and it's talk. It's loosely based on me. Like, first off, I'm a first generation Haitian American. Yep. Uh, I've decided to come to LA to. I've come to LA to pursue a career. My brother was murdered, so therefore I'm. I was for like the last ten years. I've been dealing with that trauma and all that mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was like a way for me to speak on it and speak on what's what what my mindset was going through. Right. Um, and then just like being there for my niece and my mom and um, navigating this whole Hollywood thing with no ro- no blueprint, no roadmap. Right. Uh, I think people will think that is like people will really enjoy that story, that journey. You know. Yeah. And it's also it's also coming from like. From a from a male's perspective, which we don't really have a lot of, there's not a much a lot of characters like that right now. Yeah, and so so you know, first off, recipes to your brother, man. I didn't know that aspect of it. Like I knew the the story behind Sin Help, but I didn't know that the that part was also um, close to home. So, um, you know, yeah. But um, but that's dope because, like I said, it's in because one of the things about anime in general, right, is like uh, once people get past like the stereotype of what anime is anime has really amazing stories right and so like when you so when you think about your writing and everything like that and like just coming from that like there's most anime they they come from um a place that hit home like it's something that you can relate to like it really tugs at your heartstrings when you're watching some of these shows so i can see that yeah like deku deku from my hero academy that man went through it like he wanted to be something so badly yeah and no matter what it what it took, even if it would kill him, he went into battle to save this dude, Baku. Like, yeah. like it's the dude is just he's he's amazing, man. Like he's yeah. amazing, and that's what awarded him. That's what it, for if you guys haven't watched My Hero Academy, I don't know if you should be here if you're not watching My right. Hero Academy. Right, <laughs> I'm, I'm most like, of our listeners definitely have watched because we talked about. All right, it. cool. So for him to like jump in there when uh. Baku was getting eaten by that monster. Yeah. And then for for the All Might to see that, like, all right, cool. Yeah, you got heart. Your heart is what got you to where you that, at. That's like, what got him. That's what got him the power is that that heart and that dedication. And yeah. you know, that's you know, and like I find myself gearing towards a lot of characters like that. Like, you know, like even in Black Clover, Black, uh, Black Clover, Asta, like same thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have any magic. They they, you know what I'm saying? So like, but like he ended up getting like the dark. The dark uh Grimoire, and then everybody's like, nah, he don't got any magic, but then he he's that dude. So it's just like it's one yeah. of those things that is like you have you have no choice but to rock with the underdog because mm-hmm. like their dedication and their you know their their drive is what gets them to where they're at, to where they become yeah. the best in whatever you know setting that they're in. Exactly. Even like in, in um Vinland saga. Yeah. Homie homie literally watched his father pass away in front of him and he swore revenge. And follow this man that killed his father yeah. for ten some years, yeah. just to just to find a way to wash him up. Like yo, like this is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And, and what's funny about that? Because like I saw, um, I can tell that Vinland Saga is definitely one of your tops because I see you always putting people on. Like you know, what I'm saying yeah. like, like 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 you'll see people on your timeline that you that you follow, and then you'll hear like I'll see them like, oh yeah, I just finished this or this. Then you like, but did you watch Gun and Saga though? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> that thing is raw, yeah. raw. Yeah. And like I remember when I stumbled on uh Demon Slayer. Yep, I was like, dog, you doing all this for your sister, bro? You're amazing. 
Like it's funny because because de- um Demon Slayer like it, like usually so I got onto Demon Slayer late, but usually like you see the ones with all the hype and you're like it's not gonna match up to the hype. When I I was like okay yep I can understand why that's winning anime of the year why it's doing this like when we was at so we um last year we was at Crunchyroll Expo and we was there mm-hmm. um covering it doing a live podcast from Crunchyroll Expo, but like. The amount of cosplayers that as Demon Slayer, like, because usually when we go there, you see a lot of like the Dragon Ball or My Hero, but this one, like Demon Slayer, was they was heavily there, and that's and that's when I knew it. I was like, oh yeah, this definitely took over right now. Yeah, Demon yeah. Slayer, the graphics, the storyline, yeah. like everything about Demon Slayer is just fire. Like everything, yeah. man. So yeah. Vampire Hunter, that's that's what got you into anime. That was your first anime that you watched, you said, right? Oh, where did I say that before? Hey, man, listen, here. I, I do my research, man. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Hunter D was my yeah. favorite, was one of my favorite um animes, bro. Like, when the fuck did I say that? <laughs> no, like, yeah, Vampire Hunter D was definitely my first. The hand, the eye, like, yeah. I was like, this is... This dude is nuts. And it was so raw. Like all the graphics were raw as hell. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is this this is this what got me in. Cause like yeah. I watched that, I watched that, then I watched Dragon Ball Z. And that's why I was gonna say, which is funny because most most black people, like when I when I talk to them about anime, the first thing they bring up is Dragon Ball Z. Like that's like because I feel like I feel like us as black people, like we can we can relate to that ASAP, like you know what I'm saying, like the sayings pretty much black people you know what i'm saying we oppressed you know what i'm saying we had to fight against the most to try to be the best but you know and like you know but then like the action just in general like the action in general you know goku and everything that he goes through you know and just seeing that growth um like we we relate to that so that's usually everybody's first anime that they get into you know because it's easily mm-hmm. recognizable easily something that you can get into um because there's not, I mean, there is, a, for those who actually watch Dragon Ball, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of story in it. But from mm. at first glance, if you watch it, you don't really need to even know the story to jump into it. You just know that yeah. like, Goku is this dude and he's Goku's fighting against And whenever he gets, whenever he's done dealing with this bullshit, he's going to level up to, yeah. to beat up some other body. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's going to level up to beat this motherfucker. <laughs> right. So, but, so the fact that, that, you know what I'm saying, that you had a, you had an introduction from something different. Like, that's pretty dope because then, like, it's like, and especially just a, a something of that caliber. You know what I'm saying? That's something that usually people have to tell you, like, hey, well, you need to try this and get into that. So, yeah, like, Vampire Hunter D, Guyver, yep. um, was, was another was another dope one. He's uh, Ninja Scroll, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Like, Ninja Scroll. Ooh, when Ninja Scroll came yeah. out. <laughs> that, was, that was the one. Yeah. That was. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So with you being, uh, with you like having that love of anime and everything, and just now being in this industry, and you're also doing your writing and production company. Have you thought about doing any of like black anime or trying to present that at all? Because I know that there's been a lot. Like you know, we had like, um, what was the one on Netflix? I just watched it. Cannon um, Buster. Yeah, Cannon Buster. And then um, uh, I know um, Trill League just got picked up by uh, Fifty. So Fifty's working with. With Trilly, uh, I think Trilly's gonna be fire. I think Trilly, I I loved, I loved the characters from Jump. This is another guy I saw recently. I, I don't remember his name, but basically he's like has all these superheroes who who have useless powers, yeah. and then like trying to sign up. It was funny as hell. He's like oh, this guy okay. named Catman, and like 
what's your power? He's like, oh, I can make cats fight. He's, he's dude, <laughs> the black dude's like, how does that help? He's right. like, like, how does that help if anything? A cat, if a cat is fighting to the death, is it not distracting? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? So, oh, so is the master of distraction? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's wild. Yo, wow. <laughs> that had me crying, That's bro. Wow. Uh, but but have you thought about like jumping into or dabbling into that at all? Yeah, look, if I if I continue drawing like I did when I was a kid, bro, I would be drawing anime characters all day long. Mm-hmm. And and during this time, I would have been drawing uh drawing a series like i have an animated series that i want to do called think like jerome act like tom mm-hmm. uh which is about a black man entering the white world for the first time and how he navigates it without without like without like um losing his shit you know what i'm right. saying like yeah. so i'm trying to i wanted to do that i'm still working on getting that done but that's like on the back burner since then help is like making so much noise yeah yeah so but that's definitely anime is definitely a route I want to go. Um, black anime is definitely a route I want to go, man. Like yeah. my boy can draw, and I'm trying to get him convinced to like, yo, fam, just start drawing all these characters. And if you can't animate, it's cool. We'll, I'll pay someone to animate it. Yeah. Just draw all the draw all the puppets that I need, so that we could just make this thing happen. Yeah. I'm just trying to convince him to do that right now. That'd be dope. And, and that's where, you know, I know like you're with your production house, I know that this year your focus was, you said you want to focus on a lot about writing, producing, and, you know, launching um, and getting that up and running with the uh, Bassett House uh, pictures. So it's like, I know that like now, and you're, and you're slowly building your team. Because if I'm not mistaken, when I looked at it, and it may have grown since then, but on your website, it's you and two other people, right? Yep. 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 Two other people. So, yep. Yeah. And so like, you know, um, and then I, I know that personally with you, like you really like to, it's all about representation. So that's why like, I think that that would be dope. And I like the fact that most of the black animations that we're seeing out there, whether it is boondocks or whatever the case may be, it is led by black people to actually tell the story. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that I was like, I respected, you know, I always respected Aaron Magruder, but one of the things I respected was when he walked away from season four is because like, when you think about, like, I always tell people, when you think about the boondocks and you watch it, like, Huey and Riley is the, is the, is the story in general, because you have the person that is the black extremist and you have the person that's the stereotype, stereotypical black person, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have both of them and when you look at all his episodes, yes, Riley's going to be Riley, Huey's going to be Huey, but there's still a message to it. So in season four, when the white people tried to take over, they was like, they were just giving them ideas saying, well, you, we got to talk about this story. And Aaron McGrew was like, I, there's no message in that. I don't want to do that. And they kept on trying to force his hand, so he walked away. And that's why that season was so bad, because it, it didn't have the essence of the show. The essence of the show wasn't just to poke fun. You left with a message after each, each episode. And that's that representation that's needed in that writer's room, because it's showed in that writer's room if you don't have yeah, it. Article Living dies by that writer's room, man. That writer's room is... Yeah. It's like... Insecure's writing room is fire, bro. Like, man, yeah. they, the way they write the character, they write they, the way they um they voice their opinion. Everybody's represented in that room, so mm. it's so it's so good. Like a lot of time, 
some people like, yo, did you improv that line? I was like, nah, they wrote that. Like yeah. that, that was them. They wrote that in the, in the thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that writer's like writer's room representation in the writer's room is so important. So I got a question. So with you being an actor and a writer as well, like in those type of scenarios, like how is is that something where you speak up and say, hey, you know, I would like to, well, I would like to participate in this writer's room, or do you wait for the opportunity? I tried it one time. They stood there like, nah, bro. <laughs> I tried it. I was like, hey man, uh, I just want to see what the writers room look like. Can I like, can I be in there and like help out? They're like, nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. But um, they do allow me to play uh, sometimes while we're when we're shooting. When we're shooting, they allow me to like riff and say some stuff. Like, yeah. and one line was one of the lines that was a riff from season two was don't bring no niggas in the house unless I'm fucking them. No, no shoes in the house. And then like I started riffing on their, I started saying their yeah. lines. So that was like a riff that I put on there. Um, yeah, that's dope. Another, one, another one was this most recent, recent season, uh, episode three, Issa and I were playing in the car. Like we were talking and playing in the car. And I said, oh, well, that's what my therapist said. That was an improv line that I said in the moment after talking. So, like, there's certain times where I get to play, but most of the time, those are their their lines. They wrote, they wrote all that stuff. So even the back and forth with Kelly, because I feel I feel like I thought that was all improv. Oh no, Kelly's all improv. Kelly's a beast. So <laughs> Kelly's a monster, bro. Like she's a monster. So I like I try I try with Kelly, but Kelly is just. Yeah, <laughs> no, like she's 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 like like some of the line. I think some of the lines in um that whole three way scene was improv, but most of them I was like kind of like staying on on the lines. Uh, Kelly, yeah. Kelly's a monster. Like yeah. she's also in the rising room. She's so good bro. She is. Like, she's one of my favorite but like that last episode where y'all like <laughs> where she was putting on the fake accent and y'all was going back and forth i was like yeah that's like i i never thought that that would i thought that that was all improv and i was like yo they they chemistry is on point <laughs> dog they wrote it like that bro like they they wrote so what do you think about brick six you know what i'm saying like yeah. all that that was all them writing that in the room they all wrote that in the room bro like well you body that role bro like like that 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 moment like i like i i gave it all to you because i was like yo bro a beast right there yeah so you body yeah, that part. Uh, they did sure. that they did that <laughs> yeah man so so question now so like all right so your your actual getting into acting was like even it was it, you stumbled into it because you went through it off of a radio ad and mm -hmm. then you you, re you realized it was a scam, which props to that because you know what I've been in those type of situations where you're like, damn, this feel like a fucking scam, and then you gotta you gotta you gotta get out of it. But you took you but you you took that situation and learned from it. You said, all right, I'm gonna this was like it turned out what it was because you end up getting picked, and then that's when they started asking you for money. But then it was like, all right, well, so then let me let me go ahead and start doing more and when you start doing more and more research looking into things and you know start taking acting classes and everything like that but knowing that so before was it was the writing before or did the writing come after writing came after because i wasn't getting the jobs i wanted so i'm auditioning the acting process is a very very tough process bro yeah uh you can audition you could book something and then you don't book anything for a month, like for, for like five, five, six months or a year. You just don't book. 
Yeah. Or um, because one job doesn't say, oh, that person has arrived. He can do right. it. You literally have to do job of the job of the job and job work begets work. Uh, and right now I'm hot. I'm, I feel like I'm in a hot, hot pocket. So now right. it's time for me to pivot, move, make things happen while everybody is hearing my name, hearing everybody seeing me. And you've got to really move, but you also got to be prepared when that time right. comes. So writing came when there was a project I wanted and I didn't get. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna tell the story myself, yeah. and I started writing. I started creating and writing the story, writing the stories I want to tell. Um, then I started. I started. Uh, I got offered a job. Like after like doing Vine videos for a while with Viners, I got offered. A, I got offered a job to direct a music video, and that got me into directing music yeah, that videos. Was, that was what Darius Hay was, right? Right. Uh, or Darius. No, Darius Hay wasn't the first one. The first one never came out because the artists they broke up. The uh, band broke up. So the the first one after Derry after um that the the band that broke up was for Brandon Tory. Okay. And, Brandon, and that ended up becoming the visual for one of his songs that got picked up that won the Timberland concert for Timberland for Lenovo for the Lenovo computer. Yeah. So yeah. that music video ended up on all the Lenovo computers when you buy that computer. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So Doing that Lenovo commercial music video, that got me another job where I started directing a, a, a ad for this app called Beam. Now the app never really came to fruition, but the app was so fire. I think the marketing was not not really up to the up to par, but the app was fire because um, it it told you where where clubs or lounges or places were popping, so yep. you could just go there if your places if you if you're at a spot and you're bored, you can go on that app and find a new spot to go to. Right. That's popular. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that sounds dope. So, like, so outside of those three videos, have you done any other music videos, or that was that was it? At that um, point? Darius Haywood. Um, another one for Darius Haywood. Uh, another one for Brandon Tory. Another one for Brandon Tory. That's recently for his album that's coming out. It's like a we did a trailer. We shot a trailer for. Oh, it. that's what's up. Yeah. Um, and. There's a couple other like liquor liquor commercials and stuff like that that I've shot the commercials for okay. ads for and yeah. yeah. That's dope because one thing too, like you um you said that you you do listen to a lot a lot of underground or you know not you know not necessarily like the A list uh, artists. Now obviously I mean you still listen to like you said J. Cole, Kendrick's and things like that, but like you did when you were listening, like what you what's on your playlist, you said that there was a lot of underground artists and so like with that, is that just something that you just like? You like to hear that raw music, or is like like why? Yeah. What's the attraction That's to the underground? Come, come up story. All those, most of those artists are talking about the come up yeah. and, and the process of coming up, um, and what they had to do to get to that point. What get to yeah. that point they're at now? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Me myself, I'm still on the come up, so like I'm still growing, and I like hearing the stories of people articulate. Arti- or how they're able to articulate the story of coming up. Yeah. Um, my favorite favorite song I was on I was on a podcast the other day, and my favorite song I was telling them was Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares. Like, wow, makes sense. That whole that whole come up story mm-hmm. was dope, and I like the storytelling within them, within within the within the up and coming, the underground, yeah. or the people that true before true true to their shit, true to their stuff is like beautiful. Well, for my listeners, if they, I would have to, they, they would get on me if I don't do the shameless plug. But like, I'm an artist myself, and I just, I got this album called My Unapologetic Black Thoughts that kind of 
it came stem from like you know the uh the racial tension and everything that we we deal with um mm -hmm. i definitely would like to slide it to you just to just get your your thoughts on it it's, it's yeah, a music so yeah man like i i also like with said help when i created the pilot presentation i put nothing but un, uh unknowns in that wow that's dope that's super i put dope. nothing but unknowns in that um and the music just carries a vibe through the yeah. whole thing and through the whole thing so i'm always looking for dope music that like mm -hmm. I, I i resonate with that helps me write and tell a story through that music no no that's super dope that's really dope so let's like, let's talk about some of your other projects so i mean you have well well, well the um the first one i think that was that dispel one that was the sci-fi one right Dispel. Oh, that's yeah. That's um. I didn't produce that. So basically, what we're doing is with uh with Bass House Pictures, we're curating films from up oh, and coming. Okay. So right now we're curating films. So Dispel was a project that came through through one of our events that we had. We oh, have an okay. event called we have an event called Screen That Night. So we get uh up and coming filmmakers. We grab like all their all their films. Mm -hmm. We grab like a few, like few six films. We put it on a, on a block. We watch it we all watch it with a bunch of filmmakers executives um producers in the room we all watch it together and then we have a panel where we talk to the producers and the executive and up-and-coming filmmakers can ask those executives like how do i get my project out there how do i get my project to the, the platform i wanted to be on how can i um get a development deal to make this into a bigger thing and right. like so we can down on it and also i create a community for people to just meet and talk and collaborate with one another versus like trying to like seeing them on already out out there and it's like now you're trying to get in contact with them you can meet the person right there next to you and then the next ava duvernay is sitting right next to you the next denzel washington sitting right next to you like all these people are sitting next to you and people are not paying attention because they're so so busy looking out right at the, at the star versus seeing the star that's sitting right next to them like oh, man, i'm always reaching I'm always reaching out to the people. I, if I see you, I just saw you on a show. I'm like, yo, I fucking like what he's doing. I'm going to write you like, hey, bro, I love, I love what you're doing, man. Uh, we'd love to like sit down and talk to you and possibly connect with you at some point in time. Some point in time because I write and get stuff done. Let's, let's meet. Like one of my buddies, um, Andre, I was just on the Bushwick Film Festival uh, panel and we were talking about how we first met. I saw him in a in in short film. Yeah. I wrote him and then when I when I came to New York to premiere my short film, A Gentleman Always, he, I told him, hey, come with me to the red carpet. Come, come kick it with me on this. Come kick me at this event. And he came with me and kicked yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and now we have a good friendship. Yeah. So what's, what's also dope is that, um, like, this wasn't even, like, the path that you wanted to go at first. Because you said that you, you, you wanted to be a scientist. Where, like, even to the fact that you tried to create a time machine... <laughs> And that you, it, it, it seemed like it was going to work at first. <laughs> it seemed like it. It seemed like it. Yeah, man, I, I love science, bro. Like, science is dope. That, that's why I like sci-fi. I like, I like the whole Marvel world. I like yeah. anything that has to do, like, sci-fi thriller and crime. Like, I'm, I'm into it. Or, or, or historical fantasy. Like, I'm into it. What was that? Uh, there was a movie on Netflix. Dang, I'm blanking out where... It was a little black girl and a black boy, and they uh they did create that time machine, but they have they kept on going back trying to prevent her brother's yeah. murder. Yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a Spike Lee joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what's like it's it's funny because um a lot of people don't realize that like like black 
black kids love science. Because I remember the same. As a kid, I used to be, like, used to get, the, like, the fake chemistry set where it was really just, like, food coloring and, like, sodium and stuff like that. But oh, you mix things up. I used up. to dissect everything, bro. I used to dissect everything and put it in that microscope. Yeah. Like, if I if I got cut, I'm like, let me put this on a little pictures just so I can take a look at this thing and see what's going on in here. Like, I'm trying to, like, understand. Like, I'm, I'm you, you have all these theories in your head and you just want to figure it out. You know, I love science, bro. Have you tried the anime uh, Doctor Stone yet? I tried it. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it, man. I, mean, I fuck with Doctor Stone. That was one. Someone, someone suggested that one. They suggested that one, and um, there's like a this one called Fire. Fire. It's like a firefighter one where he's like a firefighter, and oh, he uses his fire powers. Oh, okay. I don't think I tried to try that one yet. I'm about to check it out. Yeah, someone was telling me about it the other day because I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I just finished all my anime. I need new something new. There's another one. I don't know the name of it, but it's the one about gambling. Okay. On it's a bunch of, it's, a, it's, this, it's this private school where a bunch of kids are gambling and the thrill of gambling. And one girl who just moved to, to a new, new school, she is trying to get everybody to play the game for real. Everybody yeah. play, c- plays the game they know they can cheat at. And she's like, nah, we're going to play for real, for real, for real stakes, yeah. for real stakes. And everybody is like in love with her, in love with her for that because they're making, she's making the game pure again. Okay. And the game stopped being pure and she's now making the, the gambling pure once again yeah. at the school. It's really good. Bro. I'm about to check it out because I, I, I think the last one that I watched, I mean, we, uh, we, we watched B-Stars, you know what I'm saying, to see uh, on Netflix. And that what was funny is because, like, you know, that brought out, like, the furry, uh, the, uh, the furry community, community. And then, like, um, our, the last interview that I did, I did what I don't know if you've seen, um, where it was, like, uh, an artist, he had drew, like, these Lion King characters, but, like, super swagged out. It was, like, Scar. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. So I interviewed the guy that did it, and he was saying that what's funny is like he had put it out just because he loves Lion King, but it came out like probably like he put it out like probably like three days after B Stars happened. And B Stars like it plays with like this, it's like this very promiscuous, promiscuous rabbit. And so like it's like it has like that sexual tension in it. So it's funny because like we had posted his picture on our Facebook page and it blew up, and it was like the comments. It was like it was. Women calling like calling scars daddy and saying that they're <laughs> and he was like, bro, I didn't. Ex- he was like, I didn't expect this coming from. And I was like, hey, I, it was like perfect time. It was like people was talking about this relationship in B stars, which is these animals, and now they see this. I was like, fam, there's more people that's fucking with the fairies of the, the furries more than we thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, a lot of people. A lot of people love anime on the low. They just don't yeah. be talking about it. They just don't be talking about it, man. Yeah. And well, you know, and it's funny because like those memes that they put out, I always say it's like. So like I have my hood dudes that I you know what I'm saying that I'm trying to put on to anime, but every time I put them on, like they they watching the one fan service episode. So they're like, wait, this is what it's about? I'm like, bro, it's more than titties. Like, like, yeah, they're gonna show some titties. Sure. Like, <laughs> like there's there's some that. story titties there. You gotta you gotta look past. I'm like, they they just they're just accentuating the body to get you in it, but <laughs> there's so much story happening. Yeah, and so like for uh attack on Titan. Yeah, oh, it was one. I love Attack on Titan, bro. That is my show. So much story happening. Yeah. I can't stand Aaron's voice, but everything else is so yeah. good. I, so, I got into Attack on Titan late because, like, so after I started diving a little bit more into anime and everything, I was like, I remember seeing it on Funim- uh not on Adult Swim, where they show it, right? So this is what actually grabbed me. It was that very, very first scene. Oh, so you watch it with the English? I watch both. 
because, I, my, because my because my daughter she wants she 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 loves anime and she says she can't read it so fast so i watch it i watch the regular sub and then i'll go back and watch the dub with her so that way she can watch it mm, okay yeah yeah i've never i've never seen the dub okay i've been watching i've been watching it straight like anime straight from there from like yeah. all all the anime i watch they're not dubbed over the only one i watch that's dubbed over is the gambling one I was just telling you about. Yep. And um, what's that dude's name? He's like a kickboxer. Who, Baki? Baki, yes. Yeah. 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 Baki was beastie. Baki was beastie, bro. But um, what, what got me into Attack on Titan, because it was like, um, I remember seeing like the commercials and I never watched it. And I just thought it was just like giants, you know what I'm saying? Just go, you know, eating them, right? So then when I watched it and I saw where he chomped Aaron's mom and then the blood splattered and hit his face, I was like, what is this? And I, I was hooked. My, I was hooked from that point. My was, cousin called me. My cousin called me and told me about it. He said, look, stop whatever you're doing. Go watch Attack on Titan. Yeah. I was like, all right, let me go check it out. And I was like, yo, what? Crazy, and, oh, bro. And the and the last the last season they took it to a whole nother level. Like Captain Levi is one of the most beastiest anime characters, because the way he, the way he the way he took it out on the Beast Titan, that shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. Um, so now so getting more back into like your writing and everything, because you so you said that you you one of the one of the projects that you definitely want to do is you want to tell you want to do like a a long intricate story, kind of like Game of Thrones, Son of Anarchy. And stuff like that. Um, have you started writing anything, or like, or is there is this still just the idea right now? It's just the idea right now. So right now it's just the idea. I want to get this story made about the African before colonization happened, and and tell our stories and our folklore and our and our yeah. and everything that like we've been through before right. Europeans came into play. Um, That'd be a dope ass story. Bro, yeah. it'll be fire. So like I'm doing research as far as like finding who the historians are, mm-hmm. um, who who knows so much about it, who talks about it the most. Yep. And this is a guy on YouTube I've been looking at. And he's definitely someone I'm like, all right, cool. He'd be a source material person to talk to yeah. and figure out which empire I want to attack first. Right. Or even or even have it with the empire where 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 Europeans are traveling, but you're still dealing with what's happening in the African world first. Yeah. Like everything else is outside source. And I love how Vikings does it when they're speaking another language. Yeah, like yeah, when, Vikings don't. Yeah, when they go to like Europe, you hear what they're speaking in Norway, right? They see how how they talk. But when they're when they're in Norway, they speak they, they speak English. It's like that's not like the type of vibe I'm going to like try to incorporate in it and work that stuff out. Yeah. So um, speaking of like those, those type of shows and everything, cause I know that um, you, you were, you were watching game of Thrones and how what, did you ever put, did you ever t- uh, give your take on that last season? Since the season should have ended when Arya killed the, the white Walker, honestly. I think but so. Yeah. It should have ended there. Yeah. Jon Snow back to the wall. John, like Bran, Bran is 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 the king now. That pissed me off because I was like, when he did his whole speech and he was like, "Who has a better story than Bran the Broken?" I was like, 
Nigga, literally everybody. What are you talking about? Like, and then also, you couldn't part. You couldn't um, give your brother a pardon, like. Yeah. No, there was there was there was a lot there was a lot within that show that kind of like and Cersei's died in such a loving way. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So um all right, so um so what we do in general, um, like I said, when when we with our with our listeners, we like to do what's called um a top five, right? So I want to kind of get some top fives from you. We're going to do two. It's going to be one within your respective realm and then just kind of one within, like, the culture and everything. So I do want to get, what is your top five animes right now? Violent, Vinland Saga, uh, Demon Slayer, My Hero Academy, Attack on Titans. I'm missing one, right? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll? No, it wasn't a series. Uh, you say series, right? It doesn't matter. It could be anything. Just anything that's within the anime realm. Damn, Akira. Like, I can't forget Akira. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Cool, I respect that list. I respect that list. All right. So this one's going to be more so within your, w- within your realm of it. Um, like, directing, writing, either or. Top five directors, writers that you, for, for you. Directors, writers for me. Um... Uh, Barry Jenkins, um, David Finch, Lulu Wong, Ryan Coogler, uh, Cal Matic right now. Okay. That's a dope list. That's a dope list. Um, have you, have you talked to any of them at all? Like, have you ever had a chance to chop it up? Pick I talked to Cal Matic. I'm trying to, I was trying to get Cal Matic to direct another project that I'm like currently writing. I'm trying to have him like be the director to that and help me with that. That'd be dope. So outside of outside of the stuff that you're already working on, what is your what is your Moby Dick? What is your White Whale? The role that you would love to either do or the story. Uh, I mean, because we, we already told us a story that you want to tell, but what is a role that you would love to portray? Uh, a role that I would love to portray. Sorry, I don't know. I, like, I'm either writing it or I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's like so. Uh, one role, you know what? I can say this, gentle. I would love to play play gentle. Yeah, I would. I would love to play gentle because I feel like it's a character that nobody really knows, mm-hmm. and being an unknown person to come in and do that role would give it so much life. Because if you don't know me, and you don't, and you never seen me do anything like that, like play a character like that, it gives the character so much more legitimacy. Yeah, 100%. you know what I'm saying, like. Like that, that would make the, the role so much fun because like I'm exploring it. We're growing, where everybody's growing with this one character nobody ever really talked about. And you get to set the standard of what that character is or like, like how it should be. So even if that later yeah. on is done, then it's like, okay, well, this is, this is what mm-hmm. I did. So this is, let's, this is the, the standard on how this character this should is, be. This is, this is where the bar is. And yeah. now we can pass his bar. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the type of shit I want to do. Yeah. All right, so what are you, so I'll, um, just for our listeners and everything, uh, what are you working on right now? What's next for you right now that's coming up? Uh, send help, trying to find, working on getting that at home. Um, this movie I did with Kerry Williams called Romeo and Juliet, that's going to be coming out, coming out probably in the film festival circuit, most, show, most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, living practical and continue watching insecure because we're still on right now oh yeah definitely definitely um because uh 
yeah, this season has been a crazy season. <laughs> so <laughs> just crazy. Season. All right. Well, where 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 can I, where can my people find you, man? Well, you can find me on all same name, different app, Jean Ellie. That's J E A N E L I E. Same name, different app. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that. And then if you want to find my production production company, it's at Bassett House Pictures. So that's but it's Bassett House Pick. So you can go on that, become a become a roomie. And to become a roomie, you're you're helping me create more content, keep the um, the foundation of Bassett House running and operating. So become a roomie, you can help me with that whole process, and that's a great way to support me in what I'm trying to do. Sweet. And one last question. So we always end all of our episodes with a recommendation that we that we should think that listeners should check out. It could be anything from a movie, a book, anime, comic, uh, whatever. Book. What, what what recommendation would you like to give the listeners? Book, uh, read An American Marriage. An American Marriage is a book I read last year, and I never yelled at the page so many times. I never yelled at the pages <laughs> so many times in my life. Yeah. So uh, read American Marriage. Uh, that's a really, really good book. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I think, right. I think everybody will enjoy it. Dope, dope, dope. All right, well, this has been one-on-one with Deuces, man. It's been John Ellie. It's been Young Deuces. This is... The Geek Set Podcast, the only place that blend hip hop culture and geek culture together. Appreciate you, man. Uh, you're yeah, 100. Me, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Be good. Awesome.